Welcome to Optimizing, the podcast about leading Africa's digital future. I'm Professor Barry Dwolanski. And I'm Karen Gammy. Season two has the theme, Receiving and Passing the Baton. We're in conversation with people who have shaped or will shape Africa's digital future. Each conversation draws on the metaphor of life as a relay race. Our guests will talk about how they received the baton, who and what influenced them as they started life's journey. We will then discuss their own journey, how they nurtured and grew the baton in their hands. Finally, we will ask them about what it is that they will pass on to the next generation of leaders and experts. Today, we're joined by Tiani and Gonyama. Hi, Tiani. Hi, Prof. And as always, I'm again with my co-host, Karen Gami. Hi, Karen. Hey, Prof. Hey, Tiani. So nice to be chatting with you today. Likewise. So, um, Tiani and Gonyama finished high school in 2010. And nine years later, think of this, nine years later after finishing school, he was named by the IITPSA as its South African IT Personality of the Year for 2019. He is thus far the youngest guest that we've had in season two of the Optimizing Podcast. And yet, in terms of his impact on future digital leaders, he's possibly one of the most influential guests I've had. Um, he has a qualification in computer systems engineering from Tswane University of Technology, TUT, and he is co-founder and COO of the organization called Geek Culture. He wears many other hats. For example, he is leading an initiative to create a tech developer ecosystem in the Northern Cape. He also sits on several advisory boards. Uh, Tiani and my path crossed in about 2014, while I was busy setting up this University's Simolochong Digital Innovation Precinct in Bramfontein. And he was working to grow Geek Culture's entrepreneurship support programs. It was Tiani who awarded me one of my favorite labels, the Grand Geek. When he received his award as the South African IT Personality of the Year Award in November 2019, Tiani thanked me and he said he would like to follow my example. He said he'd like to be like Prof Barry. It was this that got me thinking about life's relay race, in which each generation hands over the baton to the next. It was this thought that inspired me to launch this series of podcasts in which we focus on intergenerational conversations. So, Tiani, you can see you've had a big influence on me, and I hope I've had a big influence on you. Tiani, you will admit that you've achieved a lot in a very short time. Where does all of this energy and drive come from? I really like a quote you've put on your profile page on the Geek Culture website. It reads, don't worry about failures, worry about the chances you miss 
when you don't even try. And that's from Jack Canfield, who's the co-author of the book Chicken Soup for the Soul. Who were the role models and heroes who inspired you when you were at school and university? Hi, Prof. Well, indeed, you have inspired me so dearly and uh, will forever be grateful for the, uh, for the footprint that has been set in terms of um, leaving up a legacy that you want to leave behind. But uh, in high school, I was always inspired by the possibilities of what could be. And I have uh, followed up on, uh, on, on the legends of the industry in the tech space. And uh, it, it grew through high school as well. And then being able to attend tech events as such, uh, obviously I got to meet the, the, the likes of you, um, the likes of Mr. Mtetonyati, and others who have been um, playing a significant role in terms of um, building up the industries that uh, provide value to civilization. So. I've been inspired by possibilities. I've been inspired by greatness. So Prof Barry mentioned that you obviously did like uh, computer system engineering, which is like really cool and really interesting. And I think just the entire field of like cognitive systems is just mind blowing. Um, but what specifically inspired you to get into tech? And then I guess subsequent to that, what then led you to focus on tech entrepreneurship and supporting tech entrepreneurs? So what inspired me to get into the tech space uh, has been um, seeing how the world was getting smarter and smarter. We do live in a smart, growing world, and I wanted to be part of building up that smart, growing world. But um, one always have to ask themselves, am I living the life that, that provides value to other people? And um, that, that was one of the reasons why I went through the route of tech entrepreneurship, enabling platforms, creating platforms for the next generation of entrepreneurs using technology, but most importantly, uh, building up the world that is better for civilization in Africa and all across the world. So I really wanted to be part of that journey of the smart growing world. Mm. So this amazing organization that you were one of the co-founders of Geek Culture. Can you um, tell us a bit about Geek Culture? Uh, it, it was co-founded. Who were your co-founders? And what is the mission and what exactly does Geek Culture do? All right, you know, the, the younger generation within our organization will think something like this. It starts with the G, continues with the K, and ends with the Cha. Forming geek culture, <laughs> but essentially geek culture is formed in two words, uh, geek culture. So essentially we build a culture of geeks in South Africa. We are a platform for the young, talented, skilled and ambitious looking to get exposure into the industry, looking to uh, build their capacity. So geek culture exists to also accelerate human excellence, uh, to accelerate human achievement, to accelerate uh, human capability to be able to build what matters. So we created Geek Culture to play that role in South Africa, in the South African technological ecosystem, and we create and enable platforms for innovation and creativity through entrepreneurship, through uh, programs that 
uh, are looking at the next technologies of the future. So we do a lot of tech forecasting as well, but also worry about um, the future of the gig culture in South Africa, in Africa and the world itself. So yeah, um, I, we structured gig culture to, to, to be that engine that nature's uh, that type of gig culture. So a gig culture started off as um, a, a, a platform to really expose students to the industry to what's out there showcasing their capability what was founded uh, uh, primarily by Mission Goveni uh, so Mission Goveni uh, is from a business informatics background and um, has a bigger passion of, of connecting people ensuring that um, uh, young people are, are able to connect with the industry, they're able to connect with each other, to be able to share skills, to learn, and most importantly, put skills into real use. So Geek Culture was born out of a, of a Facebook page, and then um, in 2013, it was um, registered as, a, as an organization, and then we've been building it up to um, different parts of Africa, and we've done some work all over the world as well, uh, so that ensures that um, the young local talent in South Africa and Africa are exposed to, to, to what's out there and they are not left behind in the digital transformation and in this smart growing world. Could you, could you just um, talk a second about the sort of day in the life of geek culture? So what kind of things would you do typically? So um, um, talk about a particular type of geek culture event what would it look like what would you do so in a geek culture world everyone is just looking like a geek they have a certain way in which they are dressed they do not care much about how they are dressed all they care about is being able to play with technology being an activist in in the technological uh, transformation that, that we all see. So um, whether it's a hackathon, it's a tech event as such, um, you, you, you will see um, a geek with their headset on behind their computer with a black screen. They are busy hmm. writing code. They are busy um, I'm searching out for information. They are making, breaking, and um, integrating stuff to build new solutions. So uh, they are embracing that geek culture, uh, uh, and they have taken it as part of their heritage uh, uh, as being a geek. So ultimately, we also have... Um, uh, some of the gigs who are interested in, in music, uh, there's a young man called Skinny. He writes um, uh, write songs and also um, sing and rap. And, um, you know, there are songs that are about being a geek, just um, hmm. embracing that culture. So, uh, yeah, it, 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 it's quite um, interesting to see how the local ecosystem has embraced being a geek. And everyone is just proud of being a geek. Uh, and and um, from time to time, under normal conditions, you will see them with their backpacks uh, and, and um, they're just looking like zombies because it, they probably mm -hmm. haven't slept in five days. Uh, and, and Literally. Um, <laughs> yes. And, 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 and they're just wondering about getting to the next uh, point where they just want to get to, 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 to an internet connection and then um, start coding, start building, designing, uh, making games and all sorts, just living up that geek culture. 
and I have actually seen them at work, and it's a perfect description. It's what they <laughs> bunch of geeky, geeky zombies. Yeah, geeky zombie is absolutely the correct descriptor. I love that. <laughs> um, so you sort of touched on this a little bit, but I was wondering if we can get into some of the more specific details around, I guess, the successful entrepreneurs that you've worked with over the last few years. Um, can you share some of those stories? So, uh, because we exist, we exist to create and enable platforms for innovation and creativity. Uh, so, uh, some of, of the entrepreneurs um, uh, were not necessarily from a tech background, but um, mm-hmm. it was up to geek culture as to how do we help them connect with young local geeks to be able to take their uh, solutions from uh, being an idea to um, a, a minimal viable product. So, so one of the entrepreneurs is uh, um, Zuko, who is the founder of... Uh, a solution called uh, Senso, which um, helps blind people to be able to to to, to, to grasp sounds that, that are surrounding them, and and um, is one of those entrepreneurs has, that has been making strides as well uh, in, in terms of um, of providing social innovation that matters. But um, also another example of an of a of an entrepreneurial journey. Uh, I just want you to bring it closer. So one of the startups was created through a hackathon earlier this year, and they've been able to build that startup through hackathons during uh, the COVID-19 pandemic lockdown. And um, they are incubated uh, at the University of of Cape Town, and um, they they are just getting ready to take their product to the market as well. But we enable all kinds of, of young upcoming entrepreneurs, right from idea to having a minimal viable product and then um, ensuring that they are able to, to get into um, into programs of acceleration, uh, uh, um, programs that will incubate their solutions uh, to, to, to be able to go in, into the next level. So th- th- there are a variety of entrepreneurs and it's always exciting to see uh, them coming up with ideas at these hackathons at uh, datathons and mapathons and all kinds of uh, geeky activities to be able to to say that this is the kind of solution that we want to bring it into the world and uh, I'm taking it out there. I also spoke about the future of the geek culture earlier on. So we have a program called the Geek Culture Vacation Work Program for high school learners where they get to spend a week with the geek learning how to uh, how to code, how to build a tech startup and most importantly work on real life projects. So mm. uh, from there we, we, we're able to build up a uh, um, uh, teenage entrepreneurship right from high school as well because uh, um, they get to spend their holidays just working on, on those solutions and we've had a number of startups um, that we created right from um, high school um, whether it was an advertising agency we, we teach them also graphics design whether they now in turn um, launch their own clothing brands and also be able to design logos, uh, posters for their communities, you know, because in a community you will have things like uh, stock failures, you'll have um, mm. uh, 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 um, different kinds of businesses uh, in, in, in the township, in the rural areas as well. So we, we have been able to, 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 to proudly 
create that platform for high school learners as well because we all have a responsibility to prepare for the future of the gig culture that we want to see. Oh, that's so dope. I love your enthusiasm as well. It's super contagious. And um, to talk, uh, talk a bit about this entrepreneurship journey, and we all know that entrepreneurship is a very difficult uh, journey. It's not the easy way out. It's the hard way out. Um, and from your experience, you've worked with a lot of startups and entrepreneurs now. And uh, what would you say are the biggest challenges facing young tech entrepreneurs in South Africa today? What, what's the biggest problem people have to deal with? Well, a common thing is that we all get excited about our ideas. So um, I'm sure you, 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 at networking events that, that you might have attended, especially around 2014, 2015, everyone has an app idea, you know. So mm. it was a thing of, 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 of the 2014s. Everyone has an app idea, but these days uh, everyone has a blockchain idea as well, so, so, which is exciting. Uh, um, but it, it, it comes in a problem where we get to be too excited about our, our solutions, that uh, our ideas are the best, but without even testing. So um, we want to, 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 to make money right now. We want these things going to change the, the world as, as such. But we tend not, not to, to put in much focus in, um, in, in, in understanding the, the problem and also understanding the context and then um, actually understanding if there is a market for, for this uh, solution uh, that, that uh, we want to, to bring forward. So uh, um, that is one of the critical things, uh, not understanding the, the, the solution. And then also um, you, you have a case, obviously, lack of resources. You know, uh, I always face that, that, that problem as well. Although they are venture capitalists, but I think um, South Africa has been having a problem of not having the right kind of venture capitalists. You know, so, so I, I, I think we are lacking in, in that sense that um, the type of venture capitalists uh, that, that, that we have or investors that we have uh, 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 also can get too excited about the idea as well and not um, really thinking through the, the pipeline of the solution as well uh, and ensuring that the solution is well backed and ensuring that the solution um, really uh, um, is, is well cal calculated to be able to survive the, the next two years. So, so uh, um, the, 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 that's one of the problems as well. Another problem is that you... you we always want to build things that are exciting to our minds, but you know, and 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 it also happens so that um, sometimes we tend to build solutions for the public sector. Public sector solutions would need a buy-in from uh, uh, um, public sector uh, institutions as well. Uh, but then we we tend to build, but then not think through in terms of how we're going to get the buy-in. How we're going to integrate this into existing solutions as well? But uh, uh, one problem that, that that I have as well uh, um, in terms of um, local entrepreneurship is that we tend not to read too much in terms of, of what's out there. So uh, municipalities, for example, will set out what we call an integrated development plan, and the country has a national development plan as well. So uh, um, if 
local entrepreneurs can be able to, to, to go study the, those things and then see how does the solution that they are trying to bring forward uh, um, link with the executive plan, that is the integrated development uh, uh, plan of, of, um, of a lo- local municipality, for an example. So how is your solution complementing the, the, the current plan that, that um, the, the municipality have, the current plan that the country have, the current plan that the, the provincial government has as well. Uh, and, and I'm just thoroughly reading and thoroughly being able to keep up with the industry in terms of, of what's out there. And um, what is your unique selling point? How unique is this? Is this another idea that they have heard before? Is this a solution that that, that, ha, uh, that is in the pipeline? You know, so we need to, to ensure that we build that culture of reading as well and staying up to date to, 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 to what's out there. So um, we, we do have, obviously, a number of um, of problems. Another problem, obviously, is the capacity. Do we have enough capacity to be able to, to develop the, the these kinds of solutions as well. So, yeah, I, I think uh, because we have 99 problems, let me just stop here for now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look, I think you actually, you described this problem like perfectly. And I th- I feel like I've noticed this with, with my age mates as well, where it's like everyone just thinks that the solution to any sort of like socio-technical problem is an app. And it's like, whoa, guys, you don't, you don't have to appify everything, right? <laughs> uh, so yeah, I really like the way you sort of outlined that. Um, so I know that you're based in, in Gauteng and, but you're also pretty active in the Northern Cape. So what is your sort of impression of the startup scene in different parts of the country relative to Joburg and Pretoria? And then have you had any involvement outside of, of South Africa and around Africa? Yes. Uh, so, um, let me start off with, with Africa. So in Africa, it, it's been an, an interesting space as well. So when geek culture started, we had a strong presence in, in Mozambique, and then uh, even now the, we still have uh, a geek culture representative representatives in, in that country. So Mozambique has been uh, quite uh, an interesting scene as well, and um, a lot can be learned in South Africa in terms of how uh, 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 the Mozambican tech entrepreneurship ecosystem functions. So the, the, the Mozambican uh, tech entrepreneurship ecosystem really look things deep you know they stayed ahead of the time to to, to say um, that, that new technologies are coming out from uh, uh, from from around the world especially the the, the the USA and they were able to quickly realize that um, as as exciting as these new technologies are coming uh, um, but how do we get them to work for our local needs as well to be able to adapt much faster you know so uh, um, it, it goes back to, 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 to one of of the things I've seen throughout the years you know one can go to a conference you can go to many conferences you know but the information at conferences can get overwhelming you need to yeah. know how to yeah. to consume the, the, that information that you are getting from the, the, the conference and how do you apply that to, to, to your own needs so, yeah. uh, so some of us get to to, to be victims of uh, of, of uh, conference excitation, you know. So we see new yeah. technologies. We, we just want to to, to come and, and and use them, you know. And then without really having to study uh, how uh, are these technologies really applicable to, to our needs, how do we study these technologies to be able to 
to, 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 to boil it down to, to, to our needs. So now coming to, to South Africa, uh, the South African um, uh, entrepreneurship um, ecosystem is, is, is quite diverse. And, and, and that is uh, 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 quite an exciting thing because if you go to Durban, if you go to Cape Town and, and uh, other cities, there's always that different kind of, uh, of a setting as well. So, so we always hoped uh, that Durban will grow up to be the to be that digital um, entrepreneurship scene, you know. So, so um, in, uh, around 2013, 2015, as such, um, Durban was um, really growing in that perspective. Anything digital. Uh, it, it, it was uh, at Deben. They still are. There are still some exciting um, uh, startups there. But um, w one thing that we saw, obviously, is that there's a great deal of, of isolation. And, and that isolation, uh, working in silos, can become problematic in, in terms of, um, of, of growing up that tech ecosystem. But a lesson that, that we learned in, in Cape Town is that there's... Uh, there's that sense of intra-trading, you know. If I'm looking for for materials uh, um, for, for, to, to build up my product, I can get it within uh, 500 meters, for example. So uh, uh, the Cape Town ecosystem uh, has that um, interesting feature of, um, of intra-trading. And the creative economy in Cape Town is something to watch and um, it's going to grow even bigger. You know, so um, a design in, 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 in Cape Town is, is quite uh, a big thing. And you might know of, um, of a startup called OVA, which is um, a, a competitor to, 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 to Canva. So uh, I'm developed here in South Africa as the team have been doing some great work in Cape Town. So uh, um, in terms of uh, the creative economy, Cape Town is really uh, um, um, it's really the, the, that ecosystem as well. And then you have the likes of Kimberley as well, which, which has been um, trying to, 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 to find its feet. That they've got a strong uh, uh, um, uh, um, focus on, on local uh, township economy, of which they are also um, looking through the, the creative uh, economy as well. They are ensuring that um, local artists are able to find digital implement and be able to, to accelerate their startups. But uh, um, Kimberley is also exciting because it's an old city and in that old city, there's a lot that you can do within the, the, the city in terms of um, digitizing that history, in terms of maybe uh, gamifying the, 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 that history as well. So um, there's, there are a lot of opportunities that entrepreneurs can, can, can look at in, in that part of the world. And obviously, uh, geographically, being a large province with many... Um, remote areas, I, I think that there the, are the opportunities that um, entrepreneurs from that side can look at and, and, and see how do they um, uh, enable uh, the, the local citizens to be able to get different kinds of services as such. And then obviously we have the likes of Ma, of Mahiking, um, grassroots entrepreneurship is, is quite booming there, which is exciting. 
But um, coming back to Johannesburg and Pretoria, uh, Johannesburg, that's where the, the fast life is. So that's where um, money gets made faster, which is exciting. And um, you, you've got a different kind of, of adaptation as well and different cultures, which is exciting, like Bramfontein, you know. So uh, yeah. the culture around Bramfontein is, is, is quite interesting. And... Um, the, the 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 kind of of, of entrepreneurship there uh, uh, requires a different kind of of a mindset to to be able to adapt faster. How do you adapt faster to to, to the changing culture? How do you serve that that culture as well? And how is the, uh, um, urbanization um, influencing the, 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 that culture? Uh, because you've got you've got Johannesburg. Johannesburg has a mixture of, of different. Uh, um, uh, 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 native cultures as well. So uh, when they yeah. come together, how do you then make, make sure that you are, you are uh, accommodating all all the cultures to be able to 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 to, to help them adapt um, easier? And then Pretoria, Pretoria. I, I, I personally think that that's, that that's where uh, some of the greatest intelligence is. And sometimes it's 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 hidden, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, in Pretoria, you'll find uh, people working in their own um, corners. There's also uh, 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 some mega ecosystem there because uh, the mega ecosystem does play a critical role in empower, empowering up the the, the, the creative um, ecosystem as well. But uh, I think Pretoria has the, 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 that uh, flavor. Of um, of wanting to do top edge stuff, but um, you know things can get uh, slow. Uh, perhaps also the the, the money is slow for for entrepreneurs uh, being in Pretoria. But um, I, I, I think it, it does have um, a, a, an edge from uh, that capability as well. Johannesburg does have the capability and they're able to, to move faster as well. But um, the, 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 the two cities have a contract, contrasting uh, matters that, that set them apart. So um, it's, it's kind of interesting how you speak about all these uh, different regional differences. And I'm kind of interested in terms of the last year. So you've been very active this year, and this has been the year of COVID and the year in which things have become quite, have moved online. So people are, are sort of interacting uh, much more in virtual space. And I just wonder whether you've seen any change in um, the, the kind of events and the kind of communities you're running uh, now that people are coming in uh, uh, virtually, have you seen a sort of mixing of these cultures? So do Cape Town people and Joburg people and Durban people come together in a hackathon you organize and create new chemistry? Have you seen any of that happening this year? Yes, absolutely. Uh, uh, Many people will, will, will say that um, the lockdown was kind of a blessing in disguise. Uh, I truly think it was as well, because uh, for the first time, we were able to fully host a national hackathon. You know, so, uh, um, in fact, I'm, I'm just recovering from a hackathon this past weekend. And, hmm. and, um, and in that hackathon, it was a small hackathon. 
of about 60 people, but we had people from Limpopo, Northwest, uh, uh, Northern Cape as well, and obviously Gauteng. So, but, so it, it really brought together that, that, that uh, um, togetherness on a virtual platforms. Uh, and and um, it, it, we, we had to adapt faster as well. As soon as, uh, as the, the lockdown began, uh, two weeks later, we had to host a major hackathon and it was hosted on a virtual platform, ensuring that um, um, everyone is able to connect on on a platform. And and um, it, it it has, I, I, I think that the, the the kind of of impact that the lockdown had uh, um, has really had a great impact on the South African tech ecosystem uh, because you now get got to have a diversity of skills and also getting people in rural areas to be able to participate in, in national uh, uh, activities so so that, that has been quite interesting and um, I think everyone uh, managed to I think that we try to, to, to pull out of, of this crisis. Uh, people have adapted to a new form of learning as well. Uh, you know, companies have, have um, a, a new way of, uh, of, of ensuring that um, work gets done uh, without an office as well. So it, it really has been quite an, an, an interesting uh, experience as well. And obviously the investment in a home office, uh, it, it's been uh, quite wonderful to see people posting photos of their home office and, and getting the work done. So, And I think in time we'll see that play out because I don't think we'll go back to a, um, to a form of the old normal. This is part of forming a new normal. So it's going to be very exciting. Um, in a previous um, uh, talk that we had as part of this podcast um, season, we spoke to someone called Peter de Villiers, who's a, a South African entrepreneur who's achieved great success and he regularly spends time in Silicon Valley. And when he spoke to us, he spoke about the, the, the ecosystem uh, within a place like Silicon Valley where successful entrepreneurs are very open to helping and advising new entrepreneurs. Um, in your experience, does this happen here in South Africa that you have people that have succeeded uh, giving back and helping new entrepreneurs? And and if this doesn't happen, why doesn't it happen here? Hmm. So I, I have attended a number of, uh, of tech events as well. Uh, and, and I like, uh, I'm a great fan of, of something called the, the, the Startup Weekend Bootcamp. Yeah, because there you you, you get to, to have um, upcoming entrepreneurs spending 54 hours um, getting guided by seasoned entrepreneurs as, as well in terms of uh, of starting up uh, um, the, 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 their business in terms of um, shaping up the, their businesses as well. I, I don't think we do have a lot of, of those. Perhaps we need to, to start profiling uh, uh, business heroes, you know, and uh, ensuring that we are connecting uh, the seasoned entrepreneurs and the, 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 the upcoming ones, and and that goes uh, in um, firstly showing the value of mentorship as well. So, 
from our side as well, we do try our best to, to ensure that we, we are showing the value of mentorship uh, through the, the VEGWAC program that, that we do. It's based on skills redistribution and, and, and um, also the universities program that we have as well uh, is centered around the showing the value of mentorship. So uh, I, I don't think we, we have a lot of, of those platforms or, or, or those settings where seasoned entrepreneurs are, are uh, helping up uh, uh, upcoming entrepreneurs. But um, th there are a number of, of, of reasons for that, obviously. So uh, it's very hard to operate a business in South Africa. We, we, we do have very hard conditions. So uh, uh, imagine a case where seasoned entrepreneurs are really trying their best to, to make sure that they, they, they ensure the survival of their business in, in the next six months as well. So, so we, uh, um, unfortunately, you still have a case where seasoned entrepreneurs still have to be nurturing their businesses and then um, you've got upcoming ones that need to guidance as well. So um, they tend to be the, 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 that uh, mismatched priorities uh, between the two, and and um, we do not see a lot of of those engagements where um, seasoned entrepreneurs are, are really helping out the the the, 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 the upcoming ones, and um, it has led obviously into um, a high. A startup failure rate and um, uh, so, so, so some startups having to, to divert focus uh, but a failure rate has been one of the of the most prevalent issues and it it, it, it just shows you that there is that need for for, for, for guidance as well because uh, you might find that an entrepreneur is trying to build up a business and they are approaching it in a way that a seasoned entrepreneur has already done. So if perhaps uh, there could have been that matchmaking process to ensure that uh, the seasoned ones are able to help the upcoming ones, uh, the failure of that startup could have been uh, prevented. So we definitely do need to, to ensure that um, we create more platforms that are enabling the tool to connect and guide. Yeah. And so maybe just to continue on the, the, the topic of like entrepreneurship and, and, you know, using that as a platform to, to not only like have your own job, but then to then create jobs for other people. I guess what I'm seeing for a lot of like my peers is, is wrestling with this idea of like, should you, you know, get a job? Should you go into corporate? Is that the only like viable option, uh, for one's vocational interests? And you obviously have spent a lot of time in the tech entrepreneur space, entrepreneur space specifically. And so I'm wondering, what do you think should be done? Uh, to make young South Africans more aware or at least believe that making a job is an option? Yeah, uh, obviously, reality checks are, are quite important. They need to know yeah. that, yeah, they need to, to, to know that um, it's not all gloom and, uh, and flashy lights uh, mm. in, in the entrepreneurship scene. So, uh, but it does depend on the kind of of, of solutions that, 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 that they are coming up with. Uh, I, I think South Africa, especially the captains of industry, should um, put in more efforts in showing what are some of the 
of, of the next businesses that, are, that can survive, you know, we need, need to, to, mm. to have that radar to, to, to show that these are the kinds of, of businesses that are likely most viable uh, because uh, you might find that uh, as someone have an idea that is brilliant in their mind, obviously, and they want to, 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 to change the world with this, but it might not be, be, be viable. So uh, we do need to, 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 to put in more efforts in, in showing that um, these are the kinds of, um, of solutions, these are the kinds of businesses that are likely to, to, to survive. Uh, and um, before one leaves their job, they need to really be sure, you know. So uh, it happened a lot in, in 2015 where people were just leaving their jobs to, 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 start, uh, to start new businesses. But one needs to, to, to do a reality check. Uh, I, I think that there are platforms that um, sort of like helps one to be able to so to, to, to check whether the, the startups will, will succeed as, as such. But if one is thinking about leaving uh, a job, they need to be sure. If one uh, opts to go the entrepreneurship route, they need to, to be sure that um, their businesses can really survive. Uh, and um, it, it's always important to create business cases and continuously test those business cases and see if the, the they work and then in, in terms of, of market you need to, to be able to to, to to identify you need to be able to to assess you need to be able to to, to access obviously you need to be able to create sometimes and and also you need to be able to capitalize that market and you need to be able to nurture that market to ensure that uh, um, your solution really have uh, um, that, that, that sustainability game plan set on, but one really needs to, to, to ensure that they really uh, are sure of their idea and that there is a market for it. So um, we've talked uh, lots about hackathons and challenges and entrepreneurship, but uh, you know, you explained at the beginning that uh, geek culture is really about um, geekdom, the culture of geeks. And um, it's been interesting over the last few years, the the sort of geeks have come to the fore because everyone is now talking about the so-called fourth industrial revolution or 4IR. And uh, that's the sort of geek world, you know, it's the world of artificial intelligence and machine learning and AI and Internet of Things. And um, um, some of us uh, think that this whole uh, 4IR issue is a bit hyped. It's sort of uh, people have latched onto it. But I guess the community you work with are people that really do um, sort of get excited and believe about this 4IR. Um, um, could you just maybe talk a bit about how you see uh, the future of technology? Will it be the things that we read about in the, uh, the these uh, projections of the future with sort of robots doing all the jobs? Or do you see something different as a, as a geek in the future? 
you know uh, obviously you, you wouldn't have to to ask me what is my favorite movie so uh, if you did i would say um star wars <laughs> <laughs> yeah i watch a lot of of star wars uh, i also watch star trek as well and, and and other geeky movies but um a, a movie the the the, the the, the 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 Star Wars franchise uh, of movies uh, has shown us a variety of things, you know. Especially in, in the early days, they shown us the possibilities of what could be with technology, you know, um, from medical technology to the way of communication. You know, the Jedi Council they normally meet uh, via holograms and such, but just showing us. The, the possibility of what uh, technology could be. And some of us are inspired by those technologies in, in, in the Star Wars movies and, and all, all, all the different kinds of movies that are geeky as well. So uh, uh, the future is being depicted uh, like, like that, you know. So, but then we also have a responsibility to dream up. We need to be able to focus in terms of, of what could be in terms of of, of technology so I, I, I do believe that um, whatever is being said that the future will be in terms of technology will be but uh, there is a, um, a key aspect of how do we evolve as a, 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 as a civilization to be able to make sure that we are able to, to, to meet uh, um, the, the, the demands of the smart growing world. The fourth industrial revolution uh, uh, simply on connected intelligence, artificial intelligence, uh, um, you know, uh, um, ensuring that machines are able to, to have human thinking as well. So, uh, um, and also ensuring that um, human complex tasks uh, are well achieved as well. You know, so. I do believe that that's the, the technologies will be quite different, but uh, um, it's up to us to see how do we evolve. And I think our government uh, um, should not be spending too much time hyping up the 4IR. What they should be doing <laughs> would, should be to, 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 to really study uh, and focus to what could be. Because right now in South Africa, we are experiencing uh, um, what I normally call war on tech. You know, so war on tech, you've got um, traditional tech simitas versus Uber or Bolt or whatever. You know, so that, that is happening because we do not plan ahead. We do not uh, uh, um, uh, think through what, what the operating environment could be. You know, uh, uh, from a legislative uh, point of view uh, um, and, and a regulatory point of view, we need to be able to make sure that we are creating an enabling environment for, for everyone. Uh, you know, we can talk about these technologies, but um, will they enable a fair operating environment for everyone to ensure that we avoid this thing of war on tech? You know, it's, it's not only um, in the metal taxi industry only, obviously. You have got um, traditional uh, 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 lodges, you've got um, Airbnb, you've got um, streaming services uh, where you can watch uh, Netflix and, and whatever, and then you've got... Uh, um, uh, your, your, your net, 
SABC and, and all these traditional medias who are feeling threatened as well. So it, it's a matter of, of uh, um, ensuring that we plan ahead instead of living up in the hype, instead of um, living up in the moment, we need to, to be able to think through and um, the type of leadership that we want to see right now is um, the, the, the type of leadership that is not thinking about what is going to happen in the next two months, but then also planning ahead uh, and ensuring that the environment is, is um, conducive for everyone to be able to operate. So something that I like to, to spend a lot of time thinking about and often get nowhere with is sort of the, the role of innovation and an entrepreneurial spirit almost or entrepreneurial activity that happens inside large corporates. And and sort of my view is that like these things don't often prosper just because of the way corporate is structured and bureaucracy obviously like, you know, plays its part in it. But I'm interested to know sort of in your experience and in your work with like large corporates and entrepreneurship, like how has this played out? And then I guess, what do you think should be done uh, in South Africa to promote more of this? All right. So uh, I, I, I believe that always that the, the model that uh, corporate must always have, must firstly, um, the, the, the people uh, uh, and then also the process and the tools. But, but we tend to, to always start off with the tools and uh, mm-hmm. building up infrastructure, uh, building up beautiful centers around, but then uh, 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 we tend to forget about the, the people aspect, the culture behind, you know. So uh, uh, um, a lot of, uh, of the things I've seen in the, in, in the industry, especially with, with, with large corporates, uh, they also get to attend conferences, they get excited by what's happening in other countries and say, Let's implement here in South Africa. Let's implement it at our own organization as well. So, so I, I, I think that that's where we, we tend to, to, to miss the mark in terms of ensuring that we're creating things that are, are, are more impactful. Uh, whereas we need to, to start off from uh, the, the, the people uh, perspective, understanding the local ecosystem. Do we understand the culture uh, um, the to, I'm talking about the digital culture, uh, the buying culture, you know, um, all, all sorts of cultures of doing things, so so, so that we're able to to, to build and uh, customize that to to, to to local needs as well. So so um, from an, an innovation perspective, I think large corporate must also really listen to 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 the ideas that are, that are coming from. Uh, uh, the, 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 the fresh talent, if I may say, um, the younger generation, uh, they must also be able to, to listen to uh, um, voices of reasons as, as well um, in, in ensuring that they're able to, to have that element of, of, of customization. But uh, from time to time, we have seen... Uh, some of the solutions not not not, not going uh, further uh, from an innovation perspective. It is a challenge. It, it does um, have a number of, of factors, uh, and um, it really needs to to to, to, to be looked at uh, at the perspective of of, um, of how do we. Uh, filter in ideas that that, 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 that are relevant to, to, to needs and then also how do, do, do we ensure 
in the process as well that we are open to to innovation. So the the notion of, of open innovation as well, um, the, uh, you know, and, and obviously thought leadership comes in, into it as well. It, it, it does also depend on, on human discretion. You know, if a senior executive uh, is not willing to 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 listen to such ideas, sometimes it it, it can get nowhere. So. Uh, Unfortunately, you will always have the, 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 those factors as well. But um, I, I, I think, um, especially the, the younger generation at large, uh, corporates must uh, remain resilient. They must persist on ensuring that they are able to to, to push forward with their thinking. And uh, the the the. the the best idea, obviously, is the, the idea that is executed. And, and uh, um, we need to be able to, to showcase what we can do. We need to, to showcase that um, whatever we're thinking is, is applicable. So we need to take in those factors in mind. Yeah, that's well said. And I think, you know, it is the best idea is the one that you implement. And I think um, uh, that's um, a kind of really good good angle on that. Um, can I just ask, and this um, podcast is really based on the metaphor of passing the baton, and um, it, it kind of looks at life as a relay race. And although you've achieved a lot, your race has barely started. I'm sure you're still going to go on to do an amazing amount of stuff. But um, supposing you were advising someone who's still at school and university about what uh, they would do, what would you suggest to them to help them to set off on life's journey in the geek world, in the world you you inhabit? What would you um, advise people to do that are starting off? Right. So I, I, I would advise them firstly, just go watch Star Wars as a star. <laughs> Good advice. <laughs> yeah, but uh, um, they, they need to, to, to look at what's around them. You know, look at what's around you, see uh, um, the, the world as is, and then see what do you want to ch- what do you want to change in the world? How do you want to, to to change it? When do you want to change it? And then also look at who in the ecosystem can be able to to help you achieve the, 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 that goal. You know, so. Uh, there are a lot of resources out there, um, you know, and, and also you have got the University of YouTube, uh, which is uh, uh, quite free. You can be able to to, to, to learn from there, uh, and and um, uh, whenever you are facing challenges, uh, you must always remember that chances are that someone else has experienced that challenge before. So. Go out there, research, and you need to know how to Google as well. You need to know how to, yeah. to search. Yeah, so, so, so uh, um, one needs to, to stay ahead. They need to, to stay proactive and be ready for whatever life will throw at them. And, and they must just always have that um, uh, proactive capability and, and stay focused. Become a master in one thing. Do not... Uh, uh, um, train 10,000 tricks uh, 10,000 times. Rather, just train one trick 10,000 times because then you'll become uh, a master of your own craft. That's amazing. And I'll I'll try not to tell my bosses at Vits that we now 
compete against the University of YouTube because <laughs> I think we probably won't do well in that competition. But thank you so much. To, uh, it's been so interesting, yeah. Tiani, and I, I think that I've, I've picked up, and I'm sure everyone listening will uh, pick up the incredible enthusiasm and energy you bring into everything you do. Mm. And it's really amazing to know you and amazing to hear what you do. Absolutely. So thanks so much for this interview. Yeah, thank, thank you for you. having thank me. Eh? I really enjoyed it. Thank you. This podcast is a Grand Geeks production. It is produced by Professor Barry Dwalatsky and edited by Evan Wigdorowicz. It is presented by Professor Barry Dwalatsky and Karen Gammy. Music is done by Callum Cool and logo designed by Evan Wigdorowicz. The companion website is at www.softwareengineer.org.za.